right, everyone. Welcome to Shaken and Disturbed. I'm Darren Carp, and as always, I'm here with John Thrasher, Johnny Boy. Pup Pup, how you doing? Pup Pup, yeah, right pup, before pup. we started. For those who don't know, Darren and I jump on a call separately, and then we record our audio separately. And so we kind of touch base a little bit before the show. And I was like, hey, babe. And you were like, hey, Pup Pup. Or something along those lines. And I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I like it. I think I called you Bup. And then I was like, hey, Bup, Bup. Oh, and you were like, and we were just yeah. like dying laughing. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. How have you been, dear? It's been a second. You've been so busy. You've been traveling. Are you back to I'm back talking all States. things shaken and disturbed? Yeah. I'm back in the States. And you know what? I was in the States even when I was on vacation. I was just going to so say, wait, where were I'm you? Back Not in, in the States. The state of New York and doing work. And it's like, you know, when you come mm-hmm. back from vacation, even though I was doing work, I wasn't like fully on vacation. I was still doing my show. I was still doing stuff right. with Andy. For some reason, when you come back, it's like everything that you possibly ever had to do happens the week after you get back. It's always how it is. It's ridiculous. Always how it is. I'm not complaining. Love love having work. It's just that it's been like I haven't yeah. had a chance to like breathe and mm-hmm. we're recording this on... We're recording this during the week. I was on Watch What Happens Live bartending during the week. and this, That's right. This Saturday, so it's going to be last Saturday because this episode airs on Sunday. But yesterday, I was on Good Morning America. So it's, Oh, look it's, at you just all over TV and I'm just podcasts. trying to bip and bop with my bup bup. You're trying to bip and bop in your bup bups. My bip bop bup bup. Oh, um, by the way, <laughs> speaking of, I don't even know what made me think of this, but it's someone lot, on our yeah. Facebook group looked yeah. up like murdery radish and then sent the oh picture God. of it and oh wait were, i saw that but it looks just like you from your halloween costume john <laughs> as you went as Wa- red... wanda 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 yes oh. look at you are you a marvel oh. super fan now it sounds like you are uh do i know everything that ever happened in the marvel universe yes 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 of course you do you Abby. do indeed yeah well thank you for calling me a radish um for those who don't know our a murdery radishes... one at that yeah, we're kind of like leaning towards calling our listeners radishes. It's a whole thing in our NMR episode. You're going to have to go listen to them. Um, which, by the way, there's a new one that just uh, dropped uh, a couple days ago or yesterday or today. One of those days. Um, so go listen to that because maybe we'll explain it all there. Darren, really quickly, though, I want to jump back to you um, taking a vacation. Oh, because uh, Are you upset with me? I'm not upset, no, because mainly because you made time. Literally, the only thing you did was make time for the show, and we appreciate that as as fans of you and listeners of the show. Of course. Um, but what happens with Andy when you like take a whole week off? Like, does he have to do everything himself? Are you super ahead of it? I'm just very curious how that plays out for you. Well, if that's you don't a good mind question. Sharing. I mean, it de- it depends. Like, I just told him I'm like I'll be in LA next. I mean, I was like in San Francisco next week. Just FYI, yeah. you know. And he's like, okay, great. Like, try not to bother you. I do have to do stuff. Uh, oh, I see. So okay. it's you know because we've been remote, especially for the past like almost God, well, it feels. Right. I want to say almost two, years, two years, but yeah, yeah, it feels like two years. Um, mm-hmm. I- I'm able to kind of handle things easily. I also knew it was just going to be a Friday to a Friday, so it was like anything oh, that's yeah. going to be urgent is going to be. It's, it's not going to really be urgent, although his book, his new book, Glitter, uh, 365 Quotes from the Women I Love, dropped yeah. last week. And right. so I was like, oh, shit, of course I'm going away, like, when his book launches. <laughs> like, I'm just, I had planned it before right. I knew. He knew. He didn't give me shit. He's the All best. All right. Yeah, he is. He's great. I've seen you two in action. He's he's, he's really great to you. So. He's the best boss. So, you yeah. know, I try and get everything done that I can, but like he'll send me things that he know. Like I don't have access to like a printer in the same way that mm, I would. So right, he'll just be right. like, 
do this as soon as you get back, like when you're near a printer. Mm. And I'm like, cool. So cool. he's he's good at that. He's also That's not great. a very like urgenty guy. So yeah, I manage, right. you know, and, and honestly, after like almost 11 years, the good news is, is <laughs> right. like, I can ask someone from the team. Like, even if I had you, I'd be like, could yeah. you please print this out for me and send this to this place? By the way, pay you like I'm you sure you would do it. You know, <laughs> you, like, had, you I've done a couple little things like that in the past. You have, you, especially at Thirty Rock, you've done it. That's right. But by the way, just to be clear, you never paid me, and I don't want to be paid. Oh. I'm just saying it was oh. just a favor. It was just a favor, just to be clear about where the money's going and where the money's flowing. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, the, and the point is, is that like having <laughs> friends, but also being like, if you do that, like you know, I would never. Yeah, if it was yeah, like yeah. spend a hundred dollars of your own money, I'd pay you oh, back. Oh, sure, but, like, sure, sure. It's good having connections after eleven years, and and yeah. I, and and I say this. Prob- I mean, it's a pretty privileged position, right? But I think people want to yeah. help Andy out and get that visibility. Oh, sure. So it's also not, not yeah, you yeah. doing a task for me, but people around the show. So if I kind yeah, of ask them fair. to help me out, it also gives them exposure to him a little bit, which I yeah. think is is nice. It's helpful. Of course. Yeah. And he's, by the way, so great and lovely. So it's it's nice to be around him any chance you get. I've well, been he, only he, around him. He's always yeah. asking about Thrasher. He always wants is to know what Thrasher's Aww. doing. So, well, I I miss him. I haven't seen him since I guess the last time we bartended, which was actually can you believe that was already two years ago? I just I can't. tagged you in that. I saw that and that I was like, post. oh my god, yeah. two years. It's like two years flies by, but also doesn't even feel like that long ago. Well, it's but... also with two year ago pictures where it's like, okay, we're in our thirties, right? So we're not going to change drastically in any sort of way. But yeah. the pandemic really did change yeah. a lot of people. Well, honey, I was a lot skinnier yeah, oh. back then. Oh, I. I don't know if that's true. I mean, I guess I haven't seen well, a full maybe. body of you, but like, I yeah. also feel like during the pandemic, you have a little bit more time to like pickleball it. Like every time I'm talking to you, you're always fucking pickleballing it. And now I'm like, talking really quickly about my bot, you didn't get the nudes I sent you or? No, I mean, I got them, them, but your yeah, face yeah, yeah, yeah. was cropped out. So right. can I be right. sure that they were yours? Oh my God. Okay. Let's get the show on the this road. This is going to be a Patreon giveaway uh, at some point, but okay, let's not derail. <laughs> What are you That's drinking fair. today, John? Okay, so if you've been following along with our show with uh, NMR and with our Patreon live streams, you'll know that I cracked open my bottle of Bailey's apple pie. Cracked uh, open some dessert today, people. That's right. Limited edition, courtesy of my very good friend, Brienne, here in Maryland, who found it and brought it to me. Oh, my God. Literally a train. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I love that. I'm, listen, the, the windows are open. It's 70 degrees. I'm just going to enjoy the train as it goes by, and hopefully you guys listening are as well. But anyway, I'm going to pour a touch, just a splash of Bailey's, as you just, just mentioned, touch. Darren. I'm doing some pickleball tennising this evening. Um, so just want to make sure I'm not going too crazy and swinging at the wrong thing, you know, being drunk on the court. So just a splash of apple pies. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be drinking this the next couple episodes because, um, I don't want it to go bad. I want to enjoy it before, you know, the holiday, like before Christmas comes around, because then I'm going to crack open some of my like holiday dessert drinks and I've already got them planned out. So be prepared for that. But does it I just poured it bad that's a great question because you know what happened is i opened it that night (laughs) on our live stream and then i had it sitting here because i had to go somewhere like right after and then i came back and i was like oh wait a minute did that go bad because is it like a dairy product i'm looking right now um yeah like i don't see anything about it needing to be refrigerated so i guess it's not i guess it's just regular liqueur you know, like every any other liquor. Well, listen, if you don't show up in future episodes, we know it's gone bad. And we know that 
you've done fair warning for our listeners to not That's have right. spoiled Bailey's apple pie. Bailey's apple pie, exactly. Uh, anyway, uh, what are you drinking, Dan? I'm having just a Diet Coke today because I have a few, uh, I have work to do after this. We have and, so much uh, work happening this, in the evenings, just, no less. Just like, this week, but I will say yeah. uh, me drinking a Diet Coke made me, made me think about this woman that DM'd us. I'm going to try and find her name to shout us out as we're talking. She okay. DM'd you and I, John, about oh. saying, because I because of last week, her name is Kelsey. I, I won't say her Instagram handle because she doesn't sure. want, but Kelsey said, just listen to the latest Shaken and Disturbed, and a great drink to try is red wine with Coke. It's called okay. a Kalimaxo? Kalimaxo or something? Okay, interesting. Anyway, she says it's a great game changer if you're not hmm. into red wine, which... I said last week I wasn't, except when I went to Napa and kind of got to just just try all these wines. So I yeah. feel like next week this is going to be my go-to, yes. but it'll probably be a cheap say. bottle because I feel like my girlfriend will kill me if I use an expensive <laughs> bottle to mix it with Coke. Yeah, so, yeah. Fair. So that's what I'm kind of having here today. Okay, so next week will be a big one for you. I can't wait to hear how you. But don't try, don't try it before the show. We're, we're, no, I'm going to try, try, and then I, I'm going to okay. tell Kelsey like live on air my actual <laughs> right. thoughts, which I'm sure she's dying to know. All right, well let's get into this week's episode because this one's a doozy. Are you ready for this one? You got your drink in hand. Uh, my 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 drink is in hand, and I'm Great. ready to go. All right, great. So Elizabeth Diane Fredrickson, known as Diane, was born on August 7th, 1955 in Phoenix, Arizona. As a teenager, Diane attended Moon Valley High School, which is just a really cool name for a school. Like, I went to a school, it's called Fort Hill High School, which is pretty a pretty cool name. Um, but Moon Valley, you know me, Darren, and my, like, obsession with space and my obsession with Marvel and aliens. Like, I would want to go to Moon Valley. It's also a really good kid's name. Hey, um, I, I'm going on a date with Moon Valley. Moon Valley, <laughs> okay. Moon Valley, That's you know, I'm dating Moon yeah. Valley. Moon Valley and I have been together for a few years now, and mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm, going to mm-hmm. have kids, sun, and stars. Oh, oh, oh just, look at that. I'm just, just, just bringing it out there, John. I love the, I love the way your brain works. Really I went to a really clever high school name named Montclara High School. <laughs> it's really clever, really clever. How clever and interesting. Yes. Well, um, by the way, I always say this whenever we talk about my hometown, but I would love for you to come visit here and like me show you around all the like locations we've talked about all these years. If you ever need like a mountain retreat, come to Western Maryland because it's very beautiful here. I'd but anyways, anyway, so Diane goes to Moon Valley High School. She meets a man named Steve Downs, who would later become her husband. Then after graduating high school, Diane attended Pacific Coast Baptist Bible College, which not is as very... Fun. Not as fun. Doesn't sound as fun. Doesn't sound as fun. It's not a moon valley. Yes. It's not a moon valley. We know yeah, that. Yes. Exactly. Uh, which is also... Which is located in California. However, she was expelled after her freshman year for promiscuity, at which Ooh. time Diane returned to her parents' home. Now... Darren, I don't know what you were doing. Uh, what college kid is having sex? Frankly, it's, a, it's an epidemic. It's it's yeah. It's rampant. I mean, yeah. these yeah. these kids who are 18, 19 having sex with each other. Can tragedy. you believe this? Can, can you, you believe, believe this? Can you believe? Can you believe this human My condition? My sun and stars wouldn't be doing that. Let me just tell you. That's absolutely right. Over there, Moon Valley. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, this is just ridiculous, but that's that was a kind of a sign of the times, I guess, if you really think about it. Or a sign of the school, because she well, went to Pacific Coast Baptist 
Bible college because let's totally. let's remember, like in the seventies, like mm-hmm. with Woodstock going on and music, peeps were having sex. It was the summer of love <laughs> and that stuff. So I feel like it's a reflection of the uh, Bible school, but maybe not. I hear you. I agree. Yeah. Well, by in November of nineteen seventy-three, eighteen-year-old Diane eloped with Steve Downs despite her parents' disapproval. In 1974, a year later, the couple had their first child, Christine. Their second baby, Cheryl, was born in 1976. Okay. No sign of any any uh, siblings or kids named Sun and Stars, though, Darren, just to be clear about the They do like here. those CH names, though, Christine they do. and Cheryl. They do. Well, after Cheryl's birth, Steve had a vasectomy, after which Diane got pregnant with a third child, but had an abortion. So wow. that's an interesting detail. 1978, Diane and Steve moved to Mesa, Arizona, where they both started working for a company that manufactured mobile homes. While working for this company, Diane had affairs with several of her coworkers and eventually got pregnant and gave birth to her son, Danny, Oof. in 1979. So a little bit of family drama here. It's not uncommon. We've heard, we you know, no shame. You know, this happens in a lot of people's lives. Although Steve... Yeah, and although Steve knew he wasn't Danny's biological father, he graciously accepted him as his son, which is always, uh, you know, very courageous in a sense. Seemed to be a lot of drama with that, at least what we could find out in our research. You know, I think a lot of people would expect some sort of drama with that, um, considering you you know Steve got a vasectomy and right, right. You know, and and given the fact that she got an abortion, you'd probably, maybe the assumption there is, and this is just an assumption, I don't know, that they don't want any more kids. So for her to get pregnant with another guy's child Child. feels maybe a little bit more of a breach of the marriage, but maybe not. Well, interesting that you say that because Diane and Steve divorced in 1980. That's right. um, And once single, Diane had several affairs with a slew of partners all the while trying to reconcile with Steve. But we are not here to sex shame, you know, like I don't think there's anything wrong with promiscuity. If you are single and don't have any kind of uh, attachment in terms of trust and honesty with someone, then enjoy your life. That's the way I think. And even if you are attached to someone, as long as you're open and honest, there's plenty of people who, you know, have open relationships. Well, after the divorce, Diane faced major financial difficulty and attempted to become a surrogate mother, but failed the requisite psychiatric exams. There's Oh, dear. I know kind of the process about surrogacy, and it is, as it Mm. should be, as very laborious as you think that it should be, because obviously these people are kind of the host for your child. It makes sense. In 1981, Diane started working for the Postal Service while her kids rotated between living with Diane, Steve, and all four of their grandparents. A little unsettled for the kids, I bet. And in late uh, late 1981 of that same year, Diane was offered the role of surrogate mother and gave birth to a fourth baby in 1982. I'm curious here of why then now she passed the psychiatric exams. Maybe it was just at the time because of the divorce. Mm, You know, she didn't have her financial stuff together. So, you know, we're not the best people under this type of stress. But also like more time, you know. Yeah, not to interrupt you. Sorry about that. I was thinking when you said was offered the role, like I was thinking of 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 the witch and into the woods, right? A exactly. Broadway musical, role of a yeah. lifetime. <laughs> well, during this time, Diane started an affair with oh, Robert dear. Nick Knickerbocker, one of her married coworkers, mm. and Diane was adamant that Nick leave his wife for her. And despite his insistence that he intended to abandon his ten year marriage and start a life with Diane. 
Nick grew tired of Diane's nagging. This is the trope that we have seen so many times in television shows, right? Like this right. nagging wife and the... And well, can I go on a tangent for a second? Yeah, of course. Let me ask you this, and we'll just spend just a brief moment on this because I find it so interesting, and I just had a conversation with a friend about it. So Diane is having an, a quote-unquote an affair with this guy who she knows is married. And what are your thoughts about that? Because I will say this, as a gay man... I, in my lifetime, have been approached by several married, quote-unquote, straight men who are in heterosexual marriages, and I've been hit on, and and they've wanted to, you know, get to know me in a, in a more intimate way, Ooh, la, and la. I papa? know. My papa? My papa, right. So, <laughs> you know, and, like, don't get me wrong, it's enticing, but... Do, do I, like, if you're me, like, let's just put me in this hypothetical situation, is it immoral is it unethical to uh engage in a relationship when you know that this person is married i mean you know what i'm trying to say here like no, what are I, your I, thoughts I, about this i do i thought about this a lot you know i talk about yeah. sex a lot on this podcast and my kind of like mm-hmm. openness of relationships and how i feel about it i yeah. do think first off i do think there is something to be said that there is moral cheating i think some people are forced into these mm. things in order to if you're not having sex if there's an abuse going on if you need to escape but you can't for financial reasons i do think that there are good That's reasons to cheat i do think that there are that okay. being said is it moral if you know i know let's use me and you as an example if if sure if i knew that you were married or something and you were my coworker, mm-hmm. is it morally wrong for me to try and pursue something with you. And and while I understand that question, I don't necessarily think the morality of your marriage is placed upon me. That's what I said too, yes. You know, I might be the type of person that says like, I should be a little bit probably less trusting of you and maybe <laughs> sure. not think that automatically you're going to leave your wife for me or, you know, your husband or whatever. But I think that the person that you and your, that you and your marriage, mm-hmm. you're responsible for your wife, not the right. other lady or, or, or me or sure. anything like that. I do believe that the marriage is between two people. That's kind of how I see it. But I, I, I understand, you know, cheating and everything is, Obviously, a very big deal, and it feels right. like the biggest betrayal with Darren Carter. Mm, check um, it out wherever you listen to podcasts. Check yes. it out on Mondays wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I know that it can be kind of a huge betrayal, yeah. and I get that. But I think that it happens a lot, and I think that people need to kind of come to a better rational understanding of what cheating really means what, in their life. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. who we should be angry about. Because it's obviously a really terrible thing. And there are exceptions to every rule. I, I yeah, no, I mean, that's that's a great way to put that. And I, I love the way you, you put it. And I think it really does depend on every situation, right? Because, right. you know, in my, what I, my examples I was just telling you, like, these are men who are clearly either closeted and, or haven't gotten to a point of even acceptance or understanding of like what these emotions are that they're having for men that are despite being married to women, you know? Right. So there's a whole host of things that come along with it. But anyway, don't want to get too sidetracked. I just thought it was an interesting conversation to have as we dive into the details of this particular episode. Well, as we continue, remember Nick grew tired of Diane's nagging him to leave his wife. And instead of leaving his wife, which is something we've seen a lot, Nick ended his relationship with Diane. And the main problem in Diane's relationship with Nick didn't seem to be his marriage, but the fact that he didn't have or want children. And Mm. after the relationship ended, Diane moved with her kids to Springfield, Oregon. Diane seemed to be unable to get over her relationship with Nick and became obsessed with him, writing him letters almost every day. (laughs) And the letters were always sent back, returned to sender. Now, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of stuff going on here. Yes, only there because is. it does seem to be that she's trying to reconcile with Steve after their divorce. Then right. meets Nick. He breaks up with her. She's trying to reconcile with him now. She yeah. makes her husband get a vasectomy. She has an abortion, but apparently right. she wants more kids. So it's kind of unclear her motives here right now. That's a great way to put it. What are her motives? What is like you almost wonder like you know, she didn't pass a psychiatric exam and then all of this other stuff is going on. And I certainly don't want to label anybody without knowing their details, but it does sound like there's a lot mentally going on with her and her life. And maybe yes. it's not super clear, you know, what path she even wants to take. And that's okay too, by the way, yes. if you don't know Agreed. where you are. Yeah. Well, on May 19th, 1983, just before 11 PM, 27 year old Diane arrived at Mackenzie Williamette hospital emergency room with her three children in the backseat of her car. All three kids, eight-year-old Christine, seven-year-old Cheryl, and three-year-old Danny, were covered in blood and were discovered to have been shot point blank. Oh, my God. The emergency room doctors declared Cheryl dead on arrival. Diane herself had suffered a gunshot wound to her left arm. Christine and Danny were alive but had sustained very serious life-threatening injuries and were admitted into the hospital. Diane was questioned about what had happened and told authorities a very strange story. Oh, boy. Diane, I know. Diane claimed that she had taken her children to a friend's house and were, and, and were driving home. On the way, she decided to take the kids to do some sightseeing along a deserted country road. Okay. Mm-hmm. Off to the side of the road, a man stepped out in front of the car and flagged Diane down. Diane pulled over to ask the man what he wanted. Okay, first of all, no. If you have a car full of kids under the age of seven, you are not stop. If you hit a deer, you're not stopping. You know, keep going. Getting out of that car on a country road, hell no. Uh, Right. Like, I get nervous having my friend's two-year-old in my car just driving down the street because I'm just, like, terrified of something going haywire. So just don't stop for any men who want to talk to you if you have kids. Anyway, the man stated, I want your car. And Diane replied, you've got to be kidding. At this, Diane claimed the man pushed her aside, pulled out a gun, and reached into car to shoot her three children. Oh, my God. Diane stated that she had pretended to throw her keys in order to divert the shooter's attention, jumping back into the car and rushing to the hospital to seek help for her kids. So, horrific tragedy unfolding here in her car. Horrific, horrendous. Obviously, if this is true that she pretended to throw her keys in order to... You'd think that's actually a pretty smart move. Yeah, yeah. Well, authorities immediately issued an order to the public to be on the lookout for the shooter. However, they were also a little skeptical of Diane's story. First, yeah. police found it strange how oddly calm Diane seemed as she recounted her experience. Again, her one of her kids is dead on arrival. Okay, right. like, so she just lost a child for sure. And let like, alone by being the way, shot. how she and how is she handling that? You know, like exactly. How could she, you know, exactly. Uh-huh. So yeah. they also found it odd that the children were wounded to to critical condition, while Diane was only shot superficially in the arm. She seemed a much more obvious threat to the man than the than the sleeping children, which, right. to me, I thought immediately, why would this guy just... And granted, there are sick people out there, but why sure, yeah. leave the woman who has the car and then kill her three children just seems... And do nothing to her, really. Yeah. Seemingly unperturbed by her children's critical condition, Diane almost immediately started giving interviews to the media, telling her story and actively explaining her innocence to the press. 
However, the stories Diane told didn't quite seem to add up. Her interviews were full of unnecessary detail that delegitimized the account. For example, Diane continually noted that she had been taking the kids to sightsee despite the fact that it was dark and they were yeah. all asleep in the backseat of the car, which was my first thing. If you're coming home from a friend's house, like... That seems yeah. like an odd time to go do but that. But also, like, who's taking their seven, five, and three-year-old sightseeing? Like, well, you kids know what this care. made me think of. What? Oh. Susan Cox Powell with the yes. husband taking his yes. kids camping. Mm-hmm. And, you know? Look up that episode if you guys At midnight. Have, or- you know? Yeah, right, at midnight, no less, yeah. Well, these odd details piqued police interest, and they started investigating Diane in connection to the crimes. However, Diane kept denying any involvement in the crime, stating in an interview, why would I have taken my kids to the hospital? Wouldn't I have made sure they were dead and then cried crocodile tears? That's insane to think that I would do such a thing and then bring the witnesses in against myself. That's crazy. Which, <laughs> to be fair, would be true if... You know, it, that's a good point. Sure, but I think anything is sort of at play, you know, at this point. You're showing up to the hospital and with kids covered in blood. Like, y- who knows what could, the situation could be? Yeah, and at the scene, police located 22 caliber bullet casings. However, they were unable to locate a murder weapon. Investigators also found blood stains inside the back of Diane's car. However, the driver's seat was clean, and oh, no dear. gunshot residue was found on the driver's panel. After finding the casings, police looked into Diane and found she owned a 22 handgun, a oh. detail she had withheld, which, by the way, 22s, they're popular, right? So yeah, that's a, true. Not necessarily the same thing, but she owned but a 22, shot with a 22. Interesting. The circumstantial evidence is mounting, let's put it that way. Yes. Well, during the investigation, authorities located Diane's journals in which she discussed the affair she was having with Nick, explicitly writing that his aversion to children made her view the children as a burden. Uh, uh, okay. By the way, didn't Susan is, Cox also have a journal? So this is another similarity. Is this a chance to gain to get Nick back now that his kids, now mm. that her kids are dead, or interest, or maybe one of them? Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, eventually, eight-year-old Christine regained consciousness in the ER, although she had suffered a stroke. Ugh, that's heartbreaking. And was less able to speak normally. She was able to tell police exactly what she remembered about the night of the shooting. Remember, eight-year-olds are young, but they're not dumb. They're, you know, like, I know a lot of eight-year-olds that are very, very, very smart and could easily recount these, uh, a, a situation like this. Well, Christine had no recollection of the, quote, shaggy-haired man that Diane had described. On February 28, 1984, Diane Downs was arrested for the murder and attempted murder of her children. Do you remember the name Diane Downs when we were kids? It does kind of sound familiar, yeah. Yeah. Do you have a recollection, you're saying? I know that that name. Like, I knew Diane Downs as kind of this, you know, it was a little bit of like an Andrea Yates, if you remember Andrea Yates, who drowned her children in the bathtub because God told her to do it. Known for this type of thing is what you're saying. It was a very popular, like, you know, especially the murder of your children, right? Like, that's going to be, especially from a woman. Right, right, right. That's headline news, no matter what. So Yeah, especially before that was like a big thing to make murders headline It reminded me very of the Andrea. Like when I was growing up, those two things, I just, those two names kind of resonated with me. But I was obviously very, very young. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Well, Christine and Danny were placed in protective custody after she was uh, arrested. In May of 1984, Diane's trial began and a shocking new piece of information came to light. Diane had become pregnant for a fifth time. 
She had begun uh, an affair with a man she met along her postal route. And when commenting to the media, Diane stated, quote, I got pregnant because I miss Christine and I miss Danny and I miss Cheryl so much. I'm never going to see Cheryl on Earth again. And I just you can't replace children, but you can replace the effect they give you. And they give me love. They give me satisfaction. They give me stability. They give me a reason to love and a reason to be happy. And that's gone. They took it away from me. But children are so easy to conceive. End quote. Okay. Lots to unpack with that quote. But I will say, you know, I'm not a mother. I'm not a woman. I will never know that exact feeling. But I am very close with several women and several uh, mothers. And I definitely empathize with this feeling of wanting to have children and the feeling of having children and what that does to especially females, you know, who give birth and, you know, it's such an intimate personal thing. I mean, I don't know if you could want to comment on that, Darren, but I think for me, I kind of empathize with what she's saying here if I'm taking it at face value. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how easy children are to conceive. I feel like <laughs> well, it's a true. hard thing. Um, you know, normally, yeah, I do think children give them love, satisfaction, stability, uh, yeah. r- love and reason to be happy. But obviously, this is a person who has some sort of mentally ill Yeah, something's uh, going on. Thing. Because I also don't think that the... I don't want to say correct response, but I'm not sure that maybe the most rational response would be like, well, let's just get pregnant again and let's just replace these kids for a fifth time. It just seems very erratic. Yeah, it is erratic. I agree. If anything, it's showcasing that like there's a lot of turmoil, frankly, in her life. Well, at trial, prosecutors had one star witness to testify against Diane, her daughter, Christine who had undergone months of physical therapy and medical treatment and whom was now able to speak again. Remember, when she was in the hospital bed, she had just had a stroke. And, you know, I feel like details are probably a little blurry even for her at that point. Well, when Christine took to the stand, she was asked if she remembered who shot her. Remember, again, she had no uh, recollection of a shaggy-haired man, which is what Diane had said. And Christine answered, and she said, My mom. Christine sobbed on the stand as she recounted how her mother took a gun out of the trunk of the parked car and fired on all three of the children. That is something that is so unimaginable. And actually, as as we're talking, I went to go Google image Diane Downs, and you can see Christine Downs um, talking. She's got short, uh, purple-gray kind of hairish with purple. Mm. And I remember watching that interview on ABC News. Really? (laughs) I remember watching that interview, and 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 if you look up Diane Downs, like you'll you'll know the face, and that has to be trauma. I I like beyond imagining. I I I literally don't even know what to say about it. It's like the the imagery is what really because listen we're listening to a podcast we're recording the show right so you have this sort of theater of the mind uh, you know unfolding as we get through these details and like the thought of three kids under the age of seven being shot at point blank range is just it's so upsetting to me frankly and it's you just wonder how these people get to a place where that's an option in their heads you know of course I, I I'm not even sure there really is a Obviously, There's this no is a ex- mental yeah. illness. You know, no one, I think, shoots their for kids. Sure. For... No. And in June of 1984, Diane was found guilty by the jury and was sentenced to life in prison, plus 50 years for the murder of her daughter and the attempted murders of her other daughter and son. Mm. Before sentencing, Diane gave birth to her fifth child, Amy Elizabeth. Amy was taken by the state and adopted by parents who changed her name to Becky. Mm. Christine and Danny were adopted by Fred 
uh, Fred Hoogie, which was Diane's prosecutor and his wife. Wow, that's fascinating. I that's didn't know that. That's pretty big. Christine suffered yeah. permanent paralysis on one side of her body, and Danny mm. was paralyzed from his chest down and has been confined to a wheelchair <sighs> since the shooting. However, both are said to have, relati- to have relatively normal lives, and Great. both are extremely private, avoiding the media, of course. Great. In 1987, Diane managed to escape from the Oregon prison oh and remained God. at large for roughly two weeks. Authorities found Diane holding only a few blocks from the prison, hiding only a few blocks from the prison in the home of another inmate's family. And after her escape, Diane was transferred to a more secure prison in California, where she remains to this day in prison. Diane continues to give interviews to the media whenever possible. In 2008, you know, 13 years ago, Diane was up for parole. And while she was denied the opportunity, she did give a statement. And she wrote in the parole board a, a, parole board, a note containing the passage, quote, I don't run drugs or brew hooch. In 25 years behind these steel bars, I have not cracked one of these ladies in the head. And if you had lived inside this place, you might understand what an accomplishment that is. Diane's <laughs> application for parole was denied. And let me just say... That's yeah. probably true. Her statement's probably <laughs> well, true, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not sure. I, we talked about this before. I'm not sure that prison uh, prison really reforms these people. I feel like it almost creates more criminals uh, in a lot of yeah. times because it forces you to, you know, your life is on the line in a lot of these ways. And I'm sure that's an accomplishment. But after killing your children. I was just going to say that. Uh, yeah. I'm not. You might not have killed anyone in prison, but. You that doesn't mean you get to get and, out of prison. right? And the fact that I don't see any remorse from her. I think is a huge problem. I was just going to say that because it's one thing if like you're in prison and you're like, I didn't do this or okay, I did this and I'm really sorry. I just want to have a normal life. Like, you know, there is some degree of empathy. I feel like maybe we, well, maybe I'm speaking just for myself and maybe even you, Darren, where you're like, okay, great. A human being has, you know, felt remorse for this tragedy that they've committed uh, don't know that means they should still get out of prison, but at least you could have a little bit more compassion for them. But she's not even giving us that. She's like, hey, guys, look at me. I still didn't hurt somebody. Like, why don't you give me a free pass? No, you're good. You're going to stay where you belong, and you're not going to hurt any more people. So yeah. there yeah. you go. Well, anyway, it's fascinating terrifying. case. It sounds like Darren was doing her homework when she was a kid for this episode. So this is a <laughs> long time coming. Yeah, seriously. So thank you, Darren, for that commitment. Let us know what you guys think about today's episode. You can hit us up at jthrasher at Carpe Darren. You can go to our Facebook group, which is full of other listeners waiting for you to become their best friend, which truly is not a joke. We're all friends there. True. And of course, Patreon. But Darren, before we talk about all that, let's do some listener shout outs as we wrap up the episode. Cool. I want to give a shout out to a couple of people. First, my friend Victor, who I finally got to spend some time with in Pittsburgh and had a blast with. Um, Literally, no one makes me laugh harder than him. And uh, we just had a really fun time when I was in Pittsburgh recently. You can hear more about that on our NMR episode that's up now on on our feed. And I also want to shout out my soulmate, Matt, who I finally saw for the first time in over a year, I think. He's one of my very best friends. We talk all day, every day. Um, and it was just a really fun weekend in Pittsburgh. And I love these guys. And we just had a really, I really needed some time to just go have some fun and not think about life. You know what I mean? And we really did that. So I just wanted to give my friends some shout outs there. Yeah. Well, Patreon supporter, Sarah with an H won a game on our live show and (laughs) sent us a message saying, quote, hello and good evening. I'm coming to you live (laughs) from Atlanta, Georgia. (laughs) Cause I was, 
She right. had a great name, Sarah Stevens, and so I kept saying, like, Sarah Stevens reporting for Fox 5 News. Oh, like, my I God, just, that's right. I totally forgot you were I just doing kept, that like, saying it because I love a good name. I love a yeah. good name. So yes. that's why she says, hello and good evening. I'm coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, where we're reporting on the most recent win of trivia games from shaken and disturbed spooky Halloween shenanigans. Tonight, we saw several winners, but one stood out among them all. Sarah Stevens, reporter that's on the right. scene. She yes. struggled along the way, but came out victorious. Thank you so much for a great evening. I'm glad I got to participate and even won a game. I've loved listening right. to you both over the years, and it was really fun oh. to hang out in a sense. Thanks again for the gift. And I both you. I hope you both have an amazing Halloween. Um, and you know what? Just as a reminder, thanks to Sarah and to everyone who supports us on Patreon. You keep this show going. It's so fun. If you haven't signed up yet, you can support us for as little as $5 a month. And you can yeah. even get a discount on that price if you sign up for a year. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If not, if you wouldn't mind rating, reviewing, and subscribing to Shake In and Disturb, that's kind of a, a tip in and of yeah. itself. And we'd really appreciate it. And by the way, uh, for yeah. the four people who did participate in the game, the two people who won and the two people uh, <laughs> who are giving consolation prizes to, I'm finally back. I sent them off yesterday. <laughs> so you should be getting your random shenanigan prize for my apartment. I oh apologize in advance. Random shenanigans. Uh, you should be receiving that shortly, probably within a week or so. I will say Darren was texting me about the shenanigan gifts yesterday and... Uh, or, yeah, I think it was yesterday, right? Darren, I yeah. forget. But um, yeah. one of these days this week. And uh, I think you guys should be excited. That's all I'm going to say. There's something really interesting coming your way. Some of you should be excited. Maybe Some not of all you. of you. Okay, well, let's fair just enough. put the little caveat there. By the, um, yeah. By the way, I love that you are host or uh, sponsoring all the gifts from that one. So I feel like the next live stream that we do, probably either later this month or in uh, December, I'll sponsor them all just to take that off your plate for at least one month. Darren, we'll go. We'll go that. back and forth. Yes. Yeah, we'll uh, do that. That we'll sounds good. We'll go back good. and forth. That's right. And of course, while we uh, round out this week's episode, we have to say thanks to Megan. So everybody, if you're listening, we're going to count you in. One, one two, two, three. three. Thanks, thanks Megan. Megan. You're the That's best, right. Megan. You are always so good. And again, guys, please rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> That's really important to us. It really helps us get found by new fans. AKA your future siblings as our children. More radishes all the time. We're big salad eaters over here. So uh, come and join Shaken and Disturbed. We really want to see you guys. We love you guys. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.